Hey, thank you so much for joining us for episode nine of Head Start. This is a weekly podcast to help Liberty's adult and student ministry life group leaders prepare for the upcoming lesson. Um, so really excited and as we continue in this sermon series titled Heroes. Uh, we'll be specifically looking at... Um, an individual uh, that's not necessarily, well, he's not in the Bible. His name is Hudson Taylor. Uh, we'll actually be looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, verses 5 through. Not chapter 5. Yes, that's right. I might have given Brian a heart attack just a little bit ago. Second uh, Corinthians 4, verses 5 through 15. Uh, is the passage that we'll focus on today. So before we get into that, two really quick things. One, I want to remind our you leaders about the commitment that we made in January as Tim uh, preached the sermon series and he challenged us to share the gospel three times in 23. Uh, we we uh, signed that commitment card and said that we're going to we're willing to take this challenge, and we're going to share the gospel one time in our life group. We're going to share the gospel one time with someone in our family, and then ultimately sharing the gospel with someone in our community that we believe to be outside of the faith. And so that's the question for you as a life group leader. How's it going, right? How are you as an individual doing? How are you doing at accomplishing the, the, the commitment that you made back in January? Uh, so have you shared the gospel, uh, shared the gospel through your story in life group? Have you individually shared that with someone in your family? Have you shared it with someone in our community? Uh, and so that's just a challenge, just a reminder for all of us. Uh, not only that, uh, but also, are you challenging your people in your group to do that? Uh, because it, that is, that's what we're about. That's the Great Commission. That's who we're called to be. God didn't suggest. He didn't give us the idea or the thought, maybe if you feel like it, but he told us to go and make disciples, to, to share the gospel, to share the truth of God's Word. Mm-hmm. And so that's my challenge and my encouragement to you uh, to be sur- sur- certain. Wow, I had a hard time with that word. <laughs> certain to, uh, to, do, uh, to challenge your group and to... Um, if maybe you started early and a few of your people uh, shared the, their, the gospel through their story in your group, maybe you just need that reminder to, to bring that back up and to have others and encourage others in your group to take this next step and to step out and to do that. So uh, keep that. We're going to bring that back to the front of your mind, and let's be aware of that. Now, uh, as we prepare to look at some biographical information about Hudson Taylor, we need to ask a really important question. And so the question is, uh, at the table with me is Brian uh, and Kyle. And so the question is, for the three of us, what is one food that you just will not eat? Like, I'm out. I, I've tried it, and I just really, not, not I'm not going to try it because I don't like the way it looks, but uh, I'm just—I've tried it and I just don't like it. So, what's 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 yours? I'd love to hear what you guys have. Sure, uh, mine. Most of the people who know me pretty well know this. Uh, mine is tomatoes. Come on, picky Brian. I will not. I'm not picky. I just—I <laughs> uh, avoid tomatoes pretty much at at all costs. Um, it goes so far as to affect enjoyment of like like ketchup. I won't. I won't no use ketchup. ketchup. No ketchup. Okay. Uh, I won't do, you know, like tomato soup, which I think is gross anyway. I mean, yeah, Uh, side point. But um, I will do like, you know, pico de gallo. Okay. That's that's fine. How about spaghetti? 
Uh, tomato if, based. If it's chunky, uh, like right. chunky spaghetti sauce, okay. I'm out. Um, ZD? Taste yep. and texture. It is taste and texture. That's correct. Yeah. So okay. as, uh, same thing. As long as the sauce is kind of you know, smooth, real, not yeah. chunky. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Yep. All right. So there, there you go. go. Yeah. I, I will also say that um, one food that we will eat is pizza. And do you know the difference between Jesus and pizza? Oh no! Oh wow! We're going back to dad jokes. Again? No, it's not a dad joke. This is this is a good one. <laughs> it's not a joke. I, Jesus can't be topped. He can't. Oh my goodness! I just thought it was that important to say definitely that. Definitely a dad joke. <laughs> we can just move along. Um, mine is going to be. Uh, I've got two uh, cucumbers. I think um, should not be allowed to be on anything. Um, they have very little taste, and the taste they do have is not good. Not and, pleasing to the palate. No. And and then broccoli is something that I, I don't oh. care for either unless it is the cold topped with a lot of the, what's the broccoli salad okay. that, um, uh, that ranch, you can't dip, taste the broccoli. Dip it in ranch dressing. Ranch yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. So yeah, as long yeah. as you can't taste the broccoli. So Jenna yeah. will make me eat a little bit, you know, kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> you're you know, not getting kinda up from the a, table. Kind of as an example for the kids. Um, so I do my, you know, fatherly duty uh, and, and show them that I'm... I also eat things that I don't care for, but okay. broccoli would Good. be one. Well, for me, it used to be asparagus. I really didn't like asparagus, uh, but but then Tanya cooked it in a way. She, had, I think there was there was honey and probably some cinnamon and some pecans. Yeah, and they were baked in the oven. Pecans. Oh yeah, pecans. Can we talk about that pecans. pronunciation there. What else? I'm, what else? Pecans. Pecans. Oh my pecans <laughs> and pecans, but not pecans. Cooked in the oven, and wow, that is some really good stuff. So, used to be asparagus. We're going to go, we're moving on. But now I still can't get, get cauliflower. I just can't. Mm, yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. It's like, I don't, there's no flavor. And we've tried it several different ways. I just, I'm against it. Sorry. So, it sounds like if somebody really wanted to bless our next podcast recording, mm. a tomato, cucumber, and cauliflower salad it would probably be right on. Would do it. Be a great <laughs> table decoration. <laughs> because none of us would eat it. <laughs> Somebody's uh, going to do that. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, let's think, get uh, onto serious things, and maybe we could talk a little bit about Hudson Taylor. Why? In a series, a sermon series, uh, and we typically think of, in, in all that we've done so far has been biblical characters. Why would we, why would we come extra biblical, except outside of Scripture, and look at this character, this individual, Hudson Taylor? Well, ultimately, it goes back to our our um, measures that we're called to be guides, mm-hmm. and so um, because. We presently are called to be guides. We know that looking back through church history, uh, there have been guides, men and women from years before that have been faithful witnesses to the Lord. And so uh, it's not wrong for us to look outside of the Bible. I mean, church history is a gift to us from God to be able to look back, learn from, and be inspired by the lives of people as their lives point us to Jesus. And so certainly uh, when you think of great men and women of uh, the church, you think back to a Hudson Taylor um, and you cannot help but want to be more on fire for the Lord. And so this was a man 
who uh, who lived through the 1800s into he, he died in 1905. Um, just want you to listen to some of the things that were accomplished under his leadership of the China Inland Mission, and, and so he served in China for 51 years. Um, they established 20 mission stations, brought 849 missionaries to the field, trained some 700 Chinese workers, raised $4 million, not by asking for money, but by simple, simply praying. He followed George Mueller's example in, in that, and then developed a witnessing Chinese church of 125,000 people. Uh, there are some sources that say um, that Hudson Taylor quite possibly baptized somewhere around 50,000 people mm-hmm. during the course of his ministry. Um, and so just an amazing man that just said he's going to give his life to the Lord. And in doing that, what we see and, and why we've chosen the passage that we've chosen to, to go along with Hudson Taylor's life is a man who experienced great blessings of the Lord alongside great sufferings in ministry. Um, So uh, throughout his time, whether it was financial hardships, whether it was circumstantial things, whether it was family uh, issues, great, enormous suffering. Um, He lost uh, a young wife uh, while he was on the mission field. He lost several children while he was on the mission field. Um, He went through all sorts of financial hardships. Um, This was a man who was also a a medical missionary, so really the backbone to his... um, mission efforts was his ability to practice medicine. So he used the vocation and the skills that that God had given him to then further the kingdom of God in in the work that he did. But just experiencing some of the suffering that that he went through, or just thinking about some of that suffering, I mean, he got to the point where he he told uh, his, I guess, his journal, he he confessed that it was only the love of his wife that kept him from ending his life at one point. Um, It was that bad. Um, And so uh, just a, a man who endured so much, but also uh, trusted the Lord. At one point, he wrote to a friend, we have 87 cents and all the promises of God. Mm. Like That was, that was the kind of, of mindset wow. that, that he had as he was trying to reach a place that was incredibly difficult and, and closed off to the gospel. Um, in fact, at the, at the very end of his life, um, he heard of the Boxer Rebellion that happened in China, and, and hundreds of missionaries were killed, hundreds of, um, or, or maybe even thousands of, of native Christians there in China were killed through the Boxer Rebellions. Um, and he got so low, uh, he, he said this, I cannot read, I cannot pray, I can scarcely think, but I can trust. Mm. And that was when the pressure hits, what comes out yeah. is what's really in the heart. And this was yeah. a man who demonstrated that in his heart uh, was a genuine, sacrificial love for the Lord above all. Yeah, and this he was a devoted father, a devoted husband. He didn't neglect his family for the sake of the ministry. He was a, a godly man um, who endured great suffering. But the people of China saw it, mm-hmm. saw the difference in him, and the Lord used him mightily, 
mightily in, yeah. in, the, in the place of China. What an example for us mm-hmm. uh, today to walk in such trust in the faith in the, in the face of difficulty, mm-hmm. in the face of great trials and tribulations, and and I mean we all understand to a degree, maybe not necessarily to the same degree that he was experiencing. We understand trials and we understand struggles that come our way. And uh, what a great example for him to to lay out for us as we walk, not by sight, but by faith. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so when we when it came time for us to look into the Bible and see, you know, kind of what what passage would um, would come alongside the life of a Hudson Taylor well, Second uh, Corinthians four is where we landed, and so. In your curriculum, in your life group, and in our preaching, we will navigate um, through verses 5 through 15. Um, and really just want to emphasize that we've said it, and Kyle gave some specific examples, but this was a man who worked for the Lord as he suffered. <laughs> I, was, I was reading up a little bit about him. Think about this, guys. Like He uh, made no less than 10 journeys to China. Mm-hmm. He was an Englishman. He was from you know, Britain. Think about how much time in those days yeah. before air travel, uh, before luxurious, you know, boat travel, uh, how much time he spent on the sea uh, traveling really across either the entire distance of North America to get to the Pacific Ocean to go around that way or to leave from Britain mm-hmm. and go around Cape Horn at the bottom of Africa yeah. and go around that way. I mean, this man was a journeyman his entire life was a life that was lived on the way. Upwards of somewhere between four and five years of his life would have been spent mm. traveling, uh, which is just insane to think about. But but all that goes to say, Hudson Taylor understood that he and, and the rest of us were on a journey, um, that this is not our eternal home. And because of that, the comforts that we have available to us here are worth sacrificing. Mm-hmm. Um in order to make impact for eternity. So really in this passage, um, I'm, you know, who knows how we'll go through it uh, during the sermon, but um, I'm really seeing three kind of different sections, each with, with key points that are going on. Um, but beginning in verses five through seven, uh, you see kind of the change that's affected in God's people, right? Um, and so uh, Paul is writing Second Corinthians, and he's saying, uh, we're not proclaiming ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as servants, your servants, for Jesus' sake, right? So that idea that my life is not my own, and I'm not here to talk about me. I'm here to talk about and point to Jesus, who I belong to. I am his servant, uh, and then also kind of a more well-known passage here. It was God who uh, said, let light shine out of darkness in creation. And now he's done the same thing in the hearts of his people. He said, in our hearts, let light shine. Uh, and that light is, in particular, the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. Now, that's an incredible, incredible message it's put within each of us. And then, and then here, watch this connection. Uh, it's a new power that's placed in an old jar. Mm-hmm. Paul uses this example of 
clay jars. I don't I don't know. When I was growing up, Christian radio was was big, right? <laughs> there was a band. Jars of clay. Jars of clay. Yes. Yeah. So we listened to jars of clay and never connected until uh, much later in my life that that's what this was referring to. But the idea is that these old earthly bodies that we live in that can be broken, that can suffer, uh, that can be ridiculed, and that can go through extreme emotional distress. Um, ultimately, the more cracked and fragile the jar is, the more God's light can shine through the jar. Mm. And his extraordinary power is what um, is, ends up being demonstrated. So we'll do a disservice to Hudson Taylor if we uh, only focus on this incredible man, who, who was an incredible man, yeah. no doubt, uh, but we'll do a disservice to him if we don't say that it was God's power that mm-hmm. was at work within his clay jar uh, as he made the Lord known. Uh, the next section of the scripture, kind of the difficulty of being Christ's ambassador, right? This is verses 8 through 12. And you'll notice through this whole segment how um, Paul goes back and forth between struggle and hope, right? Uh, you know, this, again, famous passage, we're afflicted in every way, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, confused, right? But we're not in despair. There's that trust that you have still. Uh, we're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. The Lord stands with us. And we're struck down, but we're not destroyed. We can get back up. Mm. Um, some really maybe complicated uh, lines in this, in this next segment where he talks about us carrying the death of Jesus around uh, in our bodies so that the life of Jesus can also be displayed. Um, he says that we who live and represent Jesus are always being given over to death for his sake so that Jesus' life may be uh, displayed in our mortal flesh. So it's kind of like, man, Paul, what are you talking about? I think if you simplify it and watch the way that he uses these words, what he's saying is um, our life is sacrificed, right? For the sake of others. We talk about this with our mission statement. We're gladly spending our lives, not on ourselves, but to see the gospel transform others, right? Specifically that next generation piece. So, so we're kind of, it's the same idea as being crucified with Christ. We're laying our life down, um, going from life to death in order that from death, life can happen. Mm. You know, Ephesians chapter one, uh, when Paul talks about how we are, uh, we are raised with Christ, Mm. right? Elsewhere, he talks about how we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. He encourages us to lift our eyes to Christ, to fix our eyes mm-hmm. on him where he is, right? This, um, our Savior who has gone through death to resurrection life. And that's the same challenge that's placed before his ambassadors. Yeah, and I think this is where, as life group leaders, you look at the, the curriculum, and one of the questions um, uh, that is listed is is what makes following Jesus faithfully uh, difficult today, um, and the reality is, I, I don't know how close your group is to one another. I don't know how transparent you are, but I will tell you that there is not a single group that meets that does not have people really struggling to live faithfully for Jesus. Yeah, that's true, and so. Um, this is a great kind of question. This is a great passage to be able to um, 
kind of pause in the middle of leading a group and and really invite people to be open and honest and transparent, maybe in a way that they haven't, maybe to challenge them to be a little more open and transparent with the real difficulties and challenges of living for Jesus. It might not look like exactly what Hudson Taylor is going through. In fact, more than likely is not going to look like that. Man, when you're talking about a rebellious child or a marriage that is on the rocks or whatever, a sickness, an an ongoing issue at work where you're trying and striving to live faithfully for the Lord and it is wearing you down. Second Corinthians chapter four may very well describe you and it very well describes people in your group. So if you're a leader that that uh, is struggling right now, be open and transparent with your group and then invite them to to do uh, the same. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, In the last few verses here, 13 through 15, um, we see kind of the, the, the essence of Christian conviction that Paul walks out. There's maybe something that I don't know if this will be as helpful to you guys as it was to me, but when I started to see like, um, and, and Paul clues us into this concept when he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ, right? Mm-hmm. So there's our ultimate example, Jesus, the Lord. Uh, there are sub-examples, right, like Paul or like mm-hmm. Hudson Taylor, uh, who, who are guides who show the way for us. And then there's us, mm-hmm. but ultimately we're called up to that, that level above, wow. right? So we're called to then imitate Paul as he imitates Christ, and then others will be called to imitate us. So you see this cycle that happens. Um, We want you to make sure that you push into that in this passage because we're reading about Paul talking to a specific church, Mm -hmm. right? And it can be very easy to say, well, you know, hey, I'm not an apostle, so this kind of living is not really for me. But it is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And that's why Paul invites us to, to imitate him. Um, in verse 13, he quotes uh, from Psalm 116, which I challenge you to read before you teach this lesson. It's really important. Uh, it's, it can feel like kind of um, an awkward quote. He just sort of lifts it right out of his context and uses it in a couple of different ways. Uh, but when he says, we have that same spirit of faith in keeping with what is written in Psalm 116, I believed, therefore I spoke. Okay, so in Psalm 116, the author is in a season of suffering and despair, uh, but nevertheless, he has that trust in the Lord. Therefore, he raises his voice to cry out for help and to praise the Lord that he knows that help is already on the way, right? So that affirmation of confident trust. Paul's doing the same thing here, right? He's saying that in our suffering, while we were struck down but not destroyed, we believed that the Lord was able to deliver us, and so we spoke. But he's also adding a meaning to it, and this is neat. He's adding the concept of because we believe in what Jesus is able to do, that is bring us from death to life, we proclaim it. Hmm. We are his ambassadors because we believe in his power. And that's the same thing at hand for us. So, yes, encourage those that are suffering in your group to, um, hey, you believe that God is able to make good on your suffering, therefore, you know, speak and, and call for his help and declare your trust in him. But also, don't let your suffering rob you of your testimony. Continue to speak because you believe in what Jesus is able to do. And this walks him, Paul, and certainly the Corinthian church from a place of um, confidence to a place of hope, right? He says, we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus 
and present us alongside of you. Um, and so there is that, that, that place of hope. Uh, and then, of course, this is uh, the whole you know, passage is characterized by God's grace to Paul, what he's doing in his life, what he's doing through him to impact these churches, which ultimately leads to a boatload of thanksgiving and a boatload of glory to God, right? The more we speak, the more we testify, even in the midst of our suffering, the more people will come to know and glorify the Lord God who we worship and praise. That's good. So I was reading scripture this morning. Uh, This conversation brings my mind back to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2. And this is that first letter that Paul was writing to the church in Corinth. And he says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ. Nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in a demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might rest in the wisdom, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And so think of the, the testimony of, of a Hudson Taylor in this passage of Scripture that we've been talking about that so clearly paints the picture yeah. of who God's called us to be, mm-hmm. right, in, in the influence that He desires for us to have in our sphere. Yeah. Um, and so, so as we think about our measures, and we've mentioned that a couple of different times, as we wrap up our lesson or as part of the lesson, weave this in, leaders, uh, and one of the measures questions is who needs to who needs you to be a guide and point them to the opportunities to speak about their faith mm. so who around you do you need to be a guide to right as we speak to our to our groups who do people in our group who do they need to be a guide to that'll help others speak their faith speak about their faith and so just to be sure to encourage our groups and remind them of their need to be that guide uh, to to speak truth and urge others to do the same as well. Um, so uh, let's think about our live it out and then uh, we'll, we'll wrap up our time. Yeah, so when you look at the live it out, it's very much in line with what y'all have said. Um, uh, the first one is it really stands out. Should you or someone you know face uh, suffering this week, review Second Corinthians uh, and then pray through it and share it as an encouragement. And it goes right in line with uh, that passage, Brian, that you were you were mentioning, verse thirteen, where Paul is saying uh, I, he references uh, the Psalm. I believed and so I spoke. Sometimes. Um, in the midst of the suffering, we have to remember what do we actually believe because pressure pressure forces us to go, what do I actually believe, and then to speak it. Um, and not just to speak it to uh, God, which is important, and, and that's prayer, um, but to speak it to ourselves um, because sometimes we've got to talk to ourselves yeah. um, uh, in terms of 
this is what is true. This is what is good. This is what is right. This is this is the hope that I that I have. You'll see the psalmist do that at different places, and then speaking it to others. That that guide again, going back to it, is in the midst of the suffering. Uh, of other people around you, other believers around you, are you guiding them to get their eyes fixed on Jesus and the hope that's that's in him? And so, uh, again, as people hopefully become more open and transparent in your group and share things, don't um, lose out on that opportunity through the week yeah. to reach out and encourage, not just with, a, with worldly wisdom or hang in there or anything, but point them to truth yeah point them to the scriptures that's uh, because that's our that's our anchor yeah our live it out is so important so leaders be sure to leave room for that because that's where we're are urging our people to apply the truth that we've discussed on sunday so it's so important to include the live it out so some reminders as far as some things that are coming up uh quickly uh, I want to encourage you to, uh, you should have received uh, an email now with a registration opportunity for you to register for our leader training that will be on August the 6th. So if you have not done so, leaders, please go ahead and register for that uh, leader training on August the 6th. As soon as the 1045 service is over, we'll meet in the in the. Um, East Venue. Uh, and also remember, leaders, to encourage and remind your group about Kickoff Sunday. Uh, kickoff Sunday, wearing your team colors, knowing we're going to do that group picture. You should be receiving a schedule as to when your group picture will take uh, will be taken. Uh, and then also uh, be talking to your group about the tailgate party. that will be that afternoon from 4 until 6 at Hargis. We'd love for our church to gather that evening. We're going to feed you hamburgers and hot dogs, and we're going to have games. We're going to worship uh, a brief uh, message and then baptism to wrap the evening up so talk to your group about that encourage them to participate there so thank you so much for uh, joining us thank you for your investment into others because it really does matter we'll see you sunday